See It or Screw It is a spoiler-heavy show. If that's an issue for you, you can currently watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Secret of the Ooze on HBO Max and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows on both Amazon Prime and Paramount+. If it's not an issue for you, then on with the show. Welcome to Cedar Screw It. My name's TJ Davis alongside... Uh, Emily Schick, she, her pronouns. Oh yeah, I'm he, him, by the way. Yeah, Dan Murphy, uh, he, him pronouns. Liam Anderson, he, him pronouns. All right. right. Yay, Liam. Yay, Leo. Uh, This week's episode is a sequelizer to a prior episode. So instead of talking about like both of the first TMNT movies and the remake from 2014, we're going to be talking about Secret of the Ooze and Out of the Shadows. And I'm actually kind of curious about this one just because I am, I'm not, I'm not going to give spoilers, but um, yeah, who wants to... Uh, Buddy, us... I think you can give spoilers on these. Who, 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 well, no, we're going to talk spoilers in the movie. I mean spoilers for the episode. Oh, um, gonna, who wants to say, folks, in case you were wondering how much we hate ourselves, <laughs> who wants well, to I mean, give is, the synopsis? It, well, well, before we get, is it, I believe it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, but I believe it is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. I believe there's no two in there. There, <laughs> There is no two in there. And I think that you are right. The <laughs> second one is, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. And then followed by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Turtles in Time. Which I feel like I have to like watch now at some point. Yeah, at some point. But I remember it being Uh, You really don't, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, oh god. Um, Alright, so. Who wants wants to give the synopsis for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze? I mean, I'll, I'll do it. Um, so, uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, uh, starts probably maybe a week or two after the events of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm not um, sure if it's even a week or two, given that we yeah. see, like, Shredder emerge from the uh, garbage dump. It, it's like... Yeah. It's it could literally a be a day days. later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's not much time has passed since the events of the original film. Even though right. April O'Neil has been recast and Casey Jones apparently no longer exists, uh, <laughs> instead we're introduced to a new character, uh, an annoying you know, kid, the pizza delivery boy, <laughs> um, who discovers the turtles battling. In, the remnants of the Foot Clan in a shopping mall. Oh, um, I don't think it's the, even the Foot Clan. I think it's just supposed to be like a group no, it's, of burglars. It's, I'm pretty sure it's established that at least some of them are looking for working for the Foot. Um, but like, because I feel like, or maybe someone just sees them because I feel like they really relay that information or something back in one of the scenes. But it doesn't really matter. Ultimately, he encounters the turtles. The turtles have been hiding out at April's apartment with Splinter. Um, the, they, because they're still worried about the remnants of the Foot Clan being out there. Uh, meanwhile, the Foot Clan has all reconvened at a junkyard, which just happens to be where Shredder is, I guess. Or maybe he was at a different junkyard and then walked to the one that they are at. Um, yeah, it's never really well established. No, it's not well established. Um, the 
turtle the April interviews a scientist who apparently has been working on the mutagen, which Splinter very quickly recognizes as the mutagen that created the turtles. Uh, one of the- one of three notable actors in the movie. Well, <laughs> people in the movie because it's like David Warner, Francis Chow, and Vanilla Ice are the biggest yeah. names in the well, movie. We, we'll not get we'll get to Vanilla Ice. Vanilla oh yeah. Ice is- I don't go ever want to hear the sentence go. we'll get to Vanilla Ice again. I never uh, in all of my days never want to hear that sentence again. Well but, you're gonna hear yeah, it again and, later this episode. <laughs> but yeah, I mean so oh Shredder also sees the news report or well basically one of the one of April's uh coworkers is working for the foot, discovers the uh, actual what the ooze does brings it to shredder he decides to kidnap the head scientist um and use that use the ooze to create monsters of his own the scientist uh tampers with the formula so they end up uh intellectually inferior um and he, we get toka and razar um which all total- right so you might know this question dan are Toka yeah. and Raza the uh, like Japanese manga names of those characters from the comics? I or, don't like, know. I do assume they are from? characters from the comics. Um, I mean, we'll get into it, but like generally speaking, I feel like this film wanted to um, kind of of uh, take take a lot of cues from the animated series that was airing at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. for rights reasons, I don't think they had the rights to Bebop and Rocksteady, so they kind of created their own characters. Not that these characters are even that similar to Bebop and Rocksteady, um, but they have similar origins. Um, but anyway, uh, Shredder creates these monsters. These monsters go on a rampage. Age, uh, the turtles uh, and, and threaten the turtles. Uh, the turtles figure out where well i'm going out of order i guess but yeah the turtles always have use kino to figure out the location of the uh foot clan and uh despite everyone saying it's a bad idea Raphael of course thinks it's a good idea uh and they find and gets himself kidnapped in the process uh the turtles arrive to rescue Raphael and escape with him um but meet token razar um then Shredder unleashes Toka and Razar in the city, and that you and then says that he's going to release them in Central Park unless the turtles meet him. So, but what about the, the turtles, people? Yeah, yeah, because there weren't any people in that slum that he released <laughs> yeah. that looks very much like a set, but like, oh, very, very much. Um, <laughs> with hey, the public library at bank, yeah, but like, um, but, but yeah, it. I mean, basically, yeah, so you know, the turtles decide to meet Toka and Razar. Uh, meet Shredder's demands, battle Token Razar, and I guess defeat Shredder, even though he takes the mutagen. Um, they, you know, use an antidote that the scientist develops for them on Toka and Razar, and you know, Cowabunga, they save the day, I guess. <laughs> Cowabunga, they save the day. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, All that's right, an so, accurate sub- Yeah, it, it is. Um, before we get too much into... Uh, the actual discussion of the movie. I have a quick story to tell uh, about my first time ever trying to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. I specifically remember it was at the Dedham Cinema 
I will always remember the oh. Denim Cinema because uh -huh. I had always wanted to see, I, yeah, <laughs> the old showcase in Denim. Uh, I had always wanted to see uh, uh, Freddy versus Jason there on Friday the 13th because the Denim Cinema was on Elm Street. So it would have been like, yes, it's a merging of universes. So in 1991, my mom and I went to go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze at the Denim Cinema. At the 58-minute mark, when Toga and Raza were being uh, uh, unleashed on that set street, lightning struck the cinema, and I did not get to see the third act until it came out on VHS. <laughs> yes. Which was kind of disappointing, because I think that Super, Sh that Super Shredder looks fucking rad. Like, oh. it, it's stupid, but it, he looks fucking rad. <laughs> Well, I mean, and it's just because his initial costume is so stupid. Like, it's just like, sequins. All the sequins you have. Give him more sequins. It's oh, like, yeah. It felt like, like leftover yeah, fabric. Sequins are really badass. <laughs> like, it felt like leftover fabric from, like, uh, the Star Trek TV show because there are very Cardassian elements to uh, his clothing. Yeah, I really, like, I do think the Super Shredder design looks pretty good. The regular Shredder design looks fucking awful in both movies, but whatever. Oh, at least uh, they gave him the. We're gonna get to like the Shredder yeah. design in uh, Out of the Shadows. But... Oh no, I was talking about the original Teenage oh, Mutant yeah, Ninja Turtles no, and he, Secret like, Views. Like, they, yeah, they, we can talk I about the Shredder design those, those later on, look, but like, those both look bad. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, like, I like that they kind of did the whole like modification to his helmet to make it more razory, as stupid as it is. But like, his actual clothing is still kind of awful. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, Francis Chow, one of the actors that I mentioned, of like three people of name in this movie because they didn't even get fucking um, Corey Feldman back as Donatello. Although he comes back as Donatello in the third one, apparently? I don't know. Well, he was that desperate for the paycheck at that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so this this movie, it exists. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty disappointed rewatching this. It's a movie that I think makes a better memory than mm -hmm. an actual movie to watch today. Like, maybe if you have, like, a 10-year-old that would be into it, then you can watch it with them. But if you're if you're approximately our age, in your, you know, late 20s to late 30s, and you've never seen it before, how? Why start now? But, yeah, why, why, <laughs> yeah, why, why start, start now? now? <laughs> yeah, you'd be fine stopping with the first one. I mean, yeah. I will say that, like... I still had fun watching this movie, but I don't think I had quite as much fun as I did watching the first one. Yeah, it was. More... I it did have some... some. It had some interesting moments. Like I really loved that they did the like, uh, the old cartoon theme song for like the ending theme. They did. They didn't like... for that one. Oh, that, that was the other one. Yeah, that's, that's the, other, the one. other one. Yeah. Yep. No. Um... Well, Vanilla Ice was funny to go laugh ninja, at. Go ninja, go! <laughs> yeah. No, I mean. Well, yeah, I didn't mention that yeah, they they end up at a dance club when they're fighting them on a, at a junkyard on the docks. Like, yeah, that's just so happens stupid. to have a nightclub next to it. Yeah, um, but you know, know. <laughs> I, I, you know, because generally York, speaking, I, I feel like this this film skews towards a younger audience than the 
original does, which I think is closer in tone to the animated series, which is probably why I liked this film better as a kid, but I cannot say that now. Um, yeah, but I think the I original mean, was superior to this in almost every way. Um, I yeah. did think there were some jokes that actually work. Michelangelo's a little bit less of a creep, but like other than that... I would actually say he's a lot less of a creep outside yeah. of like one scene where he's on the phone with um, April. Well, yeah. Don's on the phone with April and he butts in. It's like, hey, April. Yeah. I mean, it's played pr- way more jokier there. Yeah. yeah. And like, like she I, actually also... has a laugh at it too, instead of it just being like, wow, this is kind of creepy. Why yeah, are you no, doing I mean, this? I, yeah, I, I think Turtle April, I, I liked this April uh, more than the previous April. I thought that her rapport with the turtles kind of felt a little less Stockholm syndrome y. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree there. Uh, unlike replacing Kachansky in Red Dwarf, this one actually worked. Yeah. Oh, but like the Kachansky replacement, I'm not gonna lie, she was pretty goddamn hot. Yeah, but she, but, she, but the like it didn't work. No, it didn't I mean work. it's it's the bigger problem with the Kachansky replacement is they made her posh, like which was that's yeah. that's the main problem I have with her. But exactly, we should probably be talking about Ninja Turtles instead of a British comedy series that mm-hmm. I don't oh, think has a large to? U.S. audience. <laughs> oh, like Red Dwarf. Oh, Brad, I that about you. So yeah, you are a fourth Red Dwarf fan that we know (laughs) so is my mom actually there's five nice (laughs) oh man uh let's do uh back to earth and uh promised land as an episode (laughs) we Uh, should just have a red dwarf series (laughs) uh, i i I would be down with all of that yes like it means that we have to grind through the first two seasons again but the second season's not that bad. The first season is awful. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it the has, first uh, season does have yes, the uh, Craig com- Ferguson yes. doing the worst American accent <laughs> I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I killed him. Cha cha cha. Cha cha cha. Anyway, um, the thing we're supposed to be talking about that we clearly aren't that excited about. Um, <laughs> I mean, so, it's, yeah. You know, go ahead. I, I was gonna say, do do we want to like just continue talking about this one, or do you want to synopsize the other one first? No, I mean, there are some things to talk about with this one. I mean, I think one of the big things to talk about is just why it doesn't work. Um, and I mean, it's really interesting because I think it's comparing it to the original of like the original like was concerned about the limitations of their costumes and they didn't want to push them and they kind of tried to work around them as much as possible this it's just like hey we were really we were able to move way better than we thought in these costumes let's just have a lot of really wide shots and show off how much we can move with them the problem is they have really shitty fight choreography in this movie. They have like yeah. really shitty fight choreography in this one. Like, yeah. uh, honestly, I think that the majority of the fight scenes that involve the turtles are largely forgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, really, some of the best fight choreography is given to Kino, mm-hmm. which again, like, Absolutely. why? Why do you K E N O? Like, why? Why do you name him Kino? It just seems because you want to encourage kids to gamble. <laughs> I was thinking that. Yeah. 
Or because you want old people to be able to relate to it. Ah, Kino, I know that. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I'm going to choose six numbers. <laughs> and, lose, and lose a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's... What I'm going to do is stand in front of you at the Cumbie, right? And just you're just trying to walk in there. It's 9 a.m. on a Monday. You try to get your Monster Energy and your tin of Copenhagen that for every reason... In Massachusetts, cost twelve fucking dollars. Okay, <laughs> and the old man in front of you with his pants hitched up to his nips is trying to play every goddamn scratchy and fucking Kino and Powerball and shit you ever heard of. And it's the worst fucking experience. And there should be an express lane just for me, so I don't have to fucking deal with these old people. Oh, yes. Or just like a, separate, a separate lane if you're, because like, I lived when I lived in Natick, I lived down the street from, uh, Emily, do you remember what the hell the name of that convenience store was? It was something like, mm. non-chain super generic, that was no, over but by I know like, exactly what, what you name for a store? Oh, oh, no, no, I mean in, well, it, it, no, it was a 24-hour convenience, I believe was the name of it. Um, uh, it sounds about maybe. right. No, because it wasn't yeah. 24 hours. No, but, that one wasn't 24 yeah. hours. Uh, no, no, whatever. it was like 24 conven- like it, yeah. But I did say like yeah, I think it was. It might have been like 24 convenience. It wasn't open 24 hours, but they really wanted to pretend they were like a store 24 <laughs> or it was something like that. It was like store seven store store seven to 11 or something like that it was something that <laughs> wanted to sound like it was one Eight of those 12, chains, but baby. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah no they, that this place had like a plastic folding table and some folding chairs so that people could like sit and play kino just like all day and there was it, always at least one person yes playing it. it was so fucking weird but yes, they should have like a secondary line for people who want to, you know, I'll take a number three, I'll take a 15 and a 27 and then like stand right there. Just trying to buy my goddamn I mean, cigarettes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know. I remember when I was in, living in LA, they effectively had that in certain convenience stores. But I mean, like the real issue is, especially with the economy being what it is now, is you're seeing less and less convenience stores that will staff two cashiers at the same time yep. and yeah. that's really kind of the the issue there is because if you're only going to staff one you're not really going to do that i have seen situations in which they've been like okay this register they usually have two registers and i have seen situations in which it's like clearly this is the lottery register this is the everything else register <laughs> so yeah like oh, i mean the uh 7-eleven and walpole used to do you know we've got a lottery register we've got a everything else register mm-hmm. but uh yeah teenage mutant Ninja turtles 2 secret of the use um i think that the henson company did a way shittier job with this one because um like, with one F- exception yeah. actually i think they actually improved splinter um yes. i would like, agree I think, with that i think the puppeteering on splinter is better i think otherwise they're over reliant on look at how cool it is we can move in this these suits and it's just like we've seen that already what are you doing interesting the other thing and i'm wondering if this was kind of like a standards and practices thing getting involved in is like the turtles almost never use their weapons uh the only one who does i feel like donatello is pretty much the only one yeah 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 because we don't the only time we see nunchucks is when they're sausages um, which is uh, no, that is what April is pretends that she she's uh, a she, she chucks. <laughs> yeah, those are the only, like we never see Michelangelo uses nunchucks. I'm pretty sure we never see uh, Raphael uses size. Nope. 
I think Leonardo, he uses kind of the sheets of his katanas, but he never yes. actually uses the katanas. Correct. Not um, in fighting, at least. Yeah. yeah. Like, he might use them at some point when he's, like, doing something else. Yeah, but, like, when he's, yeah. like, training and dicking around or something. But, like, yeah. yeah. But I, I just think that, like, especially Toka and Raza in this, uh, I, I think that they're... They look Their so animatronics bad. look really bad. The puppeteering, especially, really especially, bad. is it Razar's the wolf? Like he looks awful. Yes. Yeah. Like he looked like his eyes are just so googly. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. Like you could just take a still of those two and put it on the subreddit. Thanks, I hate it, and get like a ton of karma. Oh, I, I, yeah, I really hated those characters. Um, yeah like creepy and And I terrible. forgot how much they were in the film. I felt like they were a similar situation to Super Shredder in which they just show up at the end, but it's like nope, they show that, up really early and they're really painful in every scene they're in. Like I, I had a similar yep. memory as well cuz I didn't remember them showing up until like towards the end of the second act and no, they're in there like towards the end of the first act and they're yeah. just there. Awful. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, like I, I don't think I'd seen this movie since uh, I don't know. If I had to guess, probably mid '90s, and yeah, this did not hold up for me at all. Yeah, yeah. I think the last time I saw this, I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, it's just like I, you know, after kind of really liking the individual character work that I felt like they had done in the first film, uh, I felt like a lot of that was lost here. It's just sort of like Raphael has that one scene of doing something incredibly stupid and risky of having of like, Hey, Gino do this thing. But otherwise, like we don't really get that much of a sense of most of their personalities. Like, yeah, Donatello works with the scientist a little bit and kind of knows what's going on better. Well, than yeah, he has yeah. that like, one scene with the scientist where he they, has a couple you know, scenes with the talk scientist. nerd. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh, what are they saying? Yeah. But yeah, outside of that, I feel like, um, Leonardo never really one. leads at all. Yeah. yeah. The, the like, turtles yeah. are just sort of amorphous characters that their personalities blend instead of being distinct as they were in the first one. Yeah, and right. they fit yeah. the needs of the scene rather than kind of like the scenes coming out of their character. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah man. I, re- I really great. I really wanted to enjoy this part yeah. more. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I guess... It, uh, I think a big part of it is that the fight choreography probably as a kid wasn't something that bothered me as much Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's just like Like, it's shit that i could do when i was a kid of just like i'd be jumping around yelling hi and whatever yeah essentially like Like, yeah but that i remember watching this before i started getting into like kung fu flicks because that started happening like mid to late teens for me that i started getting to like you know bruce lee jackie chan jet lee like especially jackie chan and jet lee because they were the big uh, like American draw martial artists of mm-hmm. that time. Um, so I wasn't really thinking about like fight choreography when I first saw it. And it, yeah, especially like, again, pushing 40, like it does not hold up. 
Yeah, I mean, it's also just a notion of, and I don't really feel like, well, there were somewhat, like, like the thing is, I feel like when you have fight choreography, you also want to combine it with stunt work, and there's almost no stunt work in this, or, like, notably stunt, notable stunt work compared to, like, the first one that had, like, at least scenes taking place in fire. Like, you know, it's just yeah. kind of, I mean, like... The, the big stunt work in this is, like, a little bit of wire work when we yeah. get, like, the turtles getting tossed. Right. But that's like the extent of their No, it's not like I, I can't believe they did this in this suit type situation that I felt like the first one had and this doesn't at all. So Yeah. Um Yeah. So keeping on keeping on. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Um uh, yep. <laughs> and noise, as we mentioned, is, is in this movie in a completely unnecessary cameo to sell a single that I think charted okay. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember, but I think it did chart like decently. Um yeah. Liam, I hope you that was something you throwing something in frustration because <laughs> you hate vanilla ice that much. That was I uh yeah, I hope that landed. Uh, it did. No, was, it absolutely did. I was shit falling off my windowsill, but you know what? I'll well, I'll take credit for it anyway. <laughs> yeah, take credit for it. It it was actually kind of perfect. I found the ending of the movie super anticlimactic because, as rad mm-hmm. as I think that Super Shredder looks, we don't even get like a fight scene with him. We Not just at get all. like yep. nope. dumb Super Shredder who kills himself with his own hubris. Yeah, which is weird That's because I mean, like, like they specifically say that like like the scientists re-engineered the mutagen to make Agtoka and Razar stupid, but uh-huh. that's not the mutagen that Shredder uses. So in theory, his intellect should be pretty much genius level because like obviously we've seen what the mutagen's effect on rats and turtles, making them human level intelligence. Mm-hmm. So it should increase not just his proportional strength and size, but also his intelligence. Instead, he seems dumber and then he kills himself. And right. like, yeah, it is. Yeah. We do feel cheated not getting that fight scene. Absolutely. Plus, and also, also like the the turtles jumping in the water and being like, "Oh yeah, I'm so glad I'm a turtle." And it's like, dude, fucking humans can jump into water and like <laughs> swim and shit. Like, they do it a lot, actually. Yeah, it's like, uh, so like being a turtle wasn't really an advantage there. Like it, it was like, okay, so anyone. Literally anyone would have jumped in the fucking river or whatever the hell that was. Like, uh, Plus, apparently the mutagen works on inorganic material as well, because, you know, fucking Super Shredder has, like, bigger shredders. Yeah, no, it, how it changes his clothes, yeah. 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 <laughs> so is there, like, a spray version of that where I can just, like, change my outfit and make it more rad? I, I think I would sh- buy that. I feel like Shredder had just hid that outfit in the docks. <laughs> like, changed as a special occasion. <laughs> yeah. he, he knew he was going to be, be blown away I mean, by Mike yeah. playing the guitar and yeah. that was sure to, like, put a change of clothes on the docks, knowing that he was going to transform himself. Well, we and see if that's him the case, we... why not just transform yourself to begin with? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we see him, like, making his helmet. I mean, like, you know, that that's one of the things that actually, from a plot standpoint, like, more than anything else, the fact that he has that, like, extra backup vial, like, on him <laughs> is, like, like, that bothered me so much. It's like, I've, oh, like, I've, we've talked about, like, uh, fucking Civil War uh, uh, before, I think, 
of my like how I'm just like, well, the Zemo just has all of his like. If this goes wrong, I need to be here, and he just has everything set up of in case things go wrong, and they go wrong, and it's just like, well, this is the logical place to be if it goes wrong and it goes wrong and he does that multiple times throughout the film and that works for me i know other people complain about it but that's fine for me this is just like you over prepared for your plan not working and i don't understand why you would do that (laughs) yeah not at all well especially when he has like the full vial of the mutagen that's the last vial that has none of it missing for some reason even though oh, apparently a bunch of it's been used mm-hmm. um but then also has like the little extra pocket vial while he's holding the big one it, like well, uh, I mean, it, it's maybe, got logical maybe, issues i mean well maybe that's the thing and that maybe that because as we do see the scientist developing the mutagen that he claims that he tampered with for token raza so he it razor so he theoretically re-engineered the mutagen and that's why that vial that whole canister is unaffected and maybe shredder had taken a vial of the tampered with mutagen but like but we also I, established we don't earlier that we established yeah. early in the movie that this mutagen was an entire accident because of like radioactive exposure to it yeah but the scientist is- still kind of knows what he did like there's all kinds of like like, yeah, science works like that, right? Like, yeah, yeah dropping a pizza is not totally going to ruin the formula. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's what, a, like, as, as a, as a science person myself, it was like, dude, there's, like, a lot of things in pizza that will uh, affect Defin- a thing. Yeah, definitely. Like an organic suspension. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Um, speaking of pizza, I had a big complaint with the opening of the movie. Because you're there, it's a bunch of fucking New Yorkers, and all of them are, except for one person, all of them are eating their pizza wrong. Because if you eat New York style, you're supposed to fold, and instead, everyone's just like, eh, eh, with like a. I flat mean, I just, style. I just like, My I just like the cop who has a has someone has someone handcuffed to his arm, and the cop is eating a pizza with the arm that's handcuffed to him, <laughs> the guy. <laughs> You gotta do what you gotta do. Man, you know? <laughs> I, I just gotta fucking eat this slice, man. I've been working like yeah, twenty hours. It, like, like the opening sequence might be my favorite. The first time he slows down. Just like, come on, man. Let's work together, you and me. <laughs> yeah. No, the opening sequence might be my favorite part of the film because it's just so unapologetically <laughs> ridiculous. But like, yeah, <laughs> I'll give you that. But otherwise, like, yeah, the, this film was a big disappointment to rewatch. <laughs> yeah. And I love that, like, most of us were like, oh, yeah, no, if we're watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we gotta watch Secret of the Ooze. And, yeah, I kind of, I kind of regret. Yeah, thanks for having dick bags. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, we're, like, half an hour in. Yeah, we should move on. We should move on. The shadows. Um... Uh, between Liam or Emily, which one of you? Yeah, one I'm not of, doing it. Uh, not, not it. Emily, not it. Not it. Not it. Not <laughs> I it. Called not it first. No. I yeah. called first. <laughs> oh man, I have to remember this movie. I just watched a few days ago. I, you know what? I'm bringing up the Wikipedia synopsis. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> do it. I support this. Open I source encyclopedia. Yeah. Oh god. Oh boy. So it takes place a year after they stopped Shredder the first time. Uh, they're informed by April O'Neil that a scientist named Baxter Stockman, terrific name, is working for Shredder and uh, is going to bust him out of prison. Uh, 
So Shredder's being transferred alongside Bebop and Rocksteady. Uh, the Foot Clan attacks. Shredder escapes with teleportation. So the so Shredder winds up in another dimension and meets Krang. The Krang. Okay. The, I, you know no, what? It's no, it's just Krang in this. It's just Krang sure. in this one. Oh. Yeah. Fuck you, TJ. <laughs> uh, he gives Shredder uh, the compound or a compound in exchange for finding three parts of a machine that Krang sent to Earth a long time ago, which will open a portal to his dimension. Uh, when united as Shredder and uh, Baxter Stockman have the first piece. Uh, so the CO tells NYPD chief Rebecca Vincent what happened to Shredder, but is uh, not believed and decides to go go rogue, if you will. Uh, fuck, do I really have to do this for five paragraphs? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, that, that's that's way too much. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up. Uh, the CO is, uh, for some reason, Casey Jones. Play, Casey Jones played played by uh, Stephen Amell, which actually I think that he does a pretty decent oh, job really, with. I really disliked his casting. <laughs> I didn't think he. I thought he was uh, way too clean cut. I will say I love Brad Garrett as Craig. That he, I fucking like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry for me. I I fucking hate Brad Garrett as Kang. I would. Oh, oh, because I you're anti-Semitic. Oh, okay. No, I would have cast uh, <laughs> Maurice Lamarche as Kang because I think that uh, Kang should be more like. Krang, 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 yes, yeah, yeah. not not the conqueror, <laughs> not the Simpsons <laughs> alien, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I know that Maurice Lamarche can hit like that more, like Flemmy, which is how I always hear Krang. Uh, so yeah, uh, where do we leave off? And then it's a search for like, oh, and fucking Baxter Stockman ends up uh, mutating. Uh, Bebop and Rocksteady because we all have animal DNA inside of us and he lets out their inner animal which is apparently a rhinoceros and a warthog so I'm cool with that man um, I do yeah. wish that we had a post credit scene that was scene. such bullshit but whatever I, I, I wish we had a post credit scene of Baxter Stockman exposing himself to the mutagenic compound and turning into uh, what was it Manfly nah, nah you don't you, you, yeah, you can't. You can't. That's something that actually needs to happen in a sequel. Like, I wanted a pe- post-credit scene that had Bebop and Rocksteady again because, like, I do like that the film establishes that they don't die despite pulling, despite being in an enclosed space with a grenade. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I just something of how the hell do you um, put them in like prison? <laughs> like, because like containment is awkward like i felt like there was an opportunity to do something with them or to do something with krang and shredder um as a post-credit but back to stockman i think that you probably actually want to show his origin as a film instead of have that happen in a post-credit and then he's a fly now because to me that's part of why like fucking batman forever doesn't work because we go to from billy d williams to tommy lee jones as two-face and we don't see the transformation (sighs) so I do kind of like the idea, though, of just dropping us cold in as uh, Manfly emerges or whatever. Yeah. yeah, Just to fuck with us a little bit. But, uh, yeah. Um, Bebop and Rocksteady, they get mutated. They have to go to Brazil to get the final piece of the device. And the fucking turtles go to Brazil as well to try and stop them. And then that's, like, our big set piece. Like, uh, 
fucking that feels uh, incredibly similar to the snow chase <laughs> that is essentially our snow chase but instead in brazil yeah uh, uh then they come back there there's a whole cool scene on the planes and switching planes and all this bullshit that uh yeah then they come back, they unite the pieces, and then Krang ends up bringing the Technodrome. I always want to call it the Terror Drome, but that's G.I. Joe, not TMNT. Uh, bringing uh, the Technodrome through a rift in space that looks vaguely similar to uh, the Futurama Beast with a Billion Backs non-movie. Um, <laughs> and then they have to stop they, they have to stop Krang. Oh, also, Krang throws uh, Shredder and added it, added him to his uh, menagerie. Yeah. And uh, they succeed and send Krang back to where he came from. And, you know, uh, he, he vows to come back. But we'll never get that because... Uh, this, oh, this no, we're going to get it. Seems very oh, no. this, this movie This movie fucking no. bombed. If we haven't gotten this since, because Out of the Shadows came out in 2016, if they haven't been working on it at all since then, we're not getting it. If we get another TMNT, it's going to be another This franchise is is done. Yeah, the next teenage, yeah, yeah, it's going to be yet another remake is is when we revisit their franchise. But I mean, I think think one of the things that's interesting about your summary is it does cover one of the main problems of this film in that the plot with the turtles is a B-plot. Like the villain plot yeah. is kind of the a plot. Yeah, that you is know? your a plot. Uh, uh, yeah. Because there's like, stuff what... that I. Yeah. Throw, throw yeah, because like, what what do the turtles really like? What are the emotional stakes of this movie for the turtles? And I think there actually are there. Like, I think the whole notion of like Don like there's a whole subplot that's important of like Donatello finding that the, you know, the whatever or Shredder used to. Ooh, turn Bebop and Rocksteady into a rhinoceros and a warthog could be re-engineered to turn the turtles human. And I think that this is actually kind of a really interesting idea. I think it's actually handled pretty okay until, you know, Raphael out of nowhere just kind of smashes it at the end of the film. It's kind of like a big statement, but it's just like that isn't really well, like, how his that, character's been set up. That but, also like, fits in with the rest of it, though, of, like, yeah. it's it's more about, like, them well, uniting it's power and responsi- as a family. It, yeah, yeah, with with great power comes re- great responsibility, yeah. and they're, you know, and they have to have the responsive, the responsible thing is to retain the advantages that they have as turtles. And I think that there was a way of developing that plot a little bit more, but enough of it's there that I actually think it has some semblance of emotional depth the issue is it's kind of treated largely as a b-plot that kind of comes along about halfway through the film and has some bearing on the late on the later half of the film but ultimately like it doesn't have much to do with the villain plot it's it's just you know not exactly immediately pressing to the situation like i feel like they're there are films that have integrated plots like this a little bit better. Like, like a lot of superhero movies have something like this of just, do I give up my powers or not? And I think that a lot of other films have dealt with that 
better, but the fact that this is there, it at least gives the turtles something to do. I mean, one of the other things that's interesting is that, like, while I think the first movie was way too April O'Neil centric, this one isn't. Like, and like, she's just kind of there, which is kind of what she should have been in the first film. I mm-hmm. think the way mm-hmm. that she's treated still has some major problems, especially with how she's introduced. I don't understand why they gave her a blonde wig instead of a fucking red wig, because that would have made her look very similar to the, yes. uh, the cartoon character. Um, but the fact that like the first scene with Megan Fox is all about an excuse to put her in the least amount of clothing they feel comfortable putting her in a kid's movie. Um, See, now, I was actually going to say that one of the things that I like about this movie, outside of, like, schoolgirling her up for that scene, is yeah. that she's treated, like, less of a sexual object no, in this true. movie No, that's true. It's just that first everybody. scene is a problem. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. That first scene is a huge problem, but otherwise, unlike the other film that's constantly doing it, that's really only in this one scene, but it's just, like, the fact that it's there at all is still worth mentioning because it's still kind of a problem. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, uh, you know, a thing that I really disliked in Out of the Shadows was it seemed like a lot of their CGI was really rushed. That it yeah. has this like weird clippiness that it's almost like it's operating at like eighteen frames per second instead of thirty-two frames per second. That gives like a slight 24. like uh, twenty-four frames per second. Um, that gives it like this almost stop motiony effect, but it doesn't really work well because everything looks really plastic. But like that, there are a handful of scenes in the movie, like especially uh, uh, as Bebop and Rocksteady fight against the turtles on the plane, where like the CGI looks really awkward. Like same thing again at at the end when the turtles are fighting against uh, Krang on the Technodrome. Like it, it just. It's somewhere between like, wow, that looks fucking awful, and wow, that's super uncanny valley. I don't know. The CGI didn't really terribly bother me. I mean, it does have just kind of like, like this isn't directed by Michael Bay, which I didn't realize until I saw the credits. But like, I, oh, the does... first one wasn't either. Uh, yeah. It's just uh, you know, Platinum Dunes and yeah. Michael Bay being like the director's director. But I mm-hmm. think that the director, I can't even remember who the fuck it is for out of the shadows but i think he did a much better job with his direction than whoever directed the 2014 one did yeah i I, like i thought that the direction was fine i I mean like i i thought there was a notable improvement from the from the first one um not as much visual salad either yeah, where no, like I could thing. actually see the actions that are happening instead of yeah. just being. I like... mean, there's still there's still that like let's clutter things up and have way too many extreme close ups and fight scenes that are unnecessary. But I, like it seemed like they kind of streamlined the turtle design to make a little bit more sense. Um, and one of the other things I think that they were a, they had a little bit more faith in the CGI to convey. Um, actors' performances, mm-hmm. um, like because I thought that like you actually kind of get some emotion that they were too scared to give the characters that opportunity from the faces in this film as opposed to the you know previous one. Yeah, um, like I thought that like Michelangelo's face in particular is very very emotive, um, and that works really well for the character. So. I like that there's actual like differences like i know there are differences in the turtles in the 2014 one but 
it's not as clear. It's more just like making the character design more busy. Whereas mm-hmm. in this one, yeah. I, I like that, you know, Mike's kind of short because he's immature and uh, like Donnie is uh, the fucking nerd. So he's like tall and lanky and, you know, fucking Raphael's the muscle. So he's like a little more bulky than everybody else. It, like, yeah. There's a little more, like, physical difference between the character design in this one than the 2014 one, I think. And it's not necessarily, like, just, oh, we'll fucking throw some shit on him, and that, that, that'll sure, make him look sure, different, sure. you know? Yeah. I think my big thing with this one versus the first one is that, like, I didn't re- I didn't like either, but... I will say that I had more fun watching this one than I did the first one. Because uh, like, it has jokes that actually fucking land in the second yeah. one, unlike the first one. And uh, I think less Will Arnett kind of helped that, too. Yeah. Like, Will Arnett's <laughs> style of humor like was not a good choice no, for these no. films. It no, works well in Arrested Development. It does not work that well in these. Outside of him finding that camera and like ripping the cord oh, around it. the entirety. I thought it was so but, like, fucking dumb. Yeah, it's it so it's dumb. needless. But, he like, has like 20, more... the 20 seconds of him trying to get use the chair to like stand up next to the camera like yeah that i hate it like will arnett is definitely to me is probably the low point of this film which is agreed is agreed. sad because well. he's great in a lot of other things but he's pretty terrible that man because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. come on I- i'm not gonna lie i think that the lego batman movie might be my either second or third favorite batman movie Mm-hmm. it's it's pretty great well i mean really it's just the lego movie batman it like is great i the lego you know i'm just saying like the lego movie batman is great in the lego movie like yes. lego mm-hmm. like the lego batman movie eh, it's fine but kind of how i feel about yeah. it dan too oh i haven't seen the uh newest batman i i i'm not yeah gonna, I mean, i'm not no. gonna i'm not gonna see it in theaters i don't feel like sitting for three hours three and a half hours in a fucking movie theater anymore to watch yeah. a movie but i'll see it after it comes out on the thing i'll probably see it relatively soon but yeah let me know what you think i've heard yeah. really good things about it it's, it's just now who hates themselves dan i i, I don't want to go and mm. sit and watch well dan's not a smoker so i don't really want to go like I, I know, three and a half hours without a cigarette even if, i swear to god even if i weren't a smoker it's like no i think that's a thing that i need like an escape from periodically even if it's not like with the pretext of smoking it's yeah like, to, i just to need to pause be able to and walk piss. away right but like okay regather my old. strength i can i can do this i can finish this fucking movie <laughs> but um no I, yeah there, I mean, there are a certain number of things in this movie that i find like again it's a lot more fun than the 2014 one is yeah 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 right. i still don't no, like I mean, it but like, i don't I, think i abjectly hate it as much I just feel like they were more willing to give the turtles personality and character. And while it's frustrating how little bearing they have on the actual plot, um, the fact that they were willing to do that, I think speaks volumes. Um, I thought that for the most part, the human characters kind of suck. But like everyone seems vaguely miscast. Like Tyler Perry's not horrible casting as Dr. Stockman. It's It's just kind of weird. There's just something off about him the entire time. I think it's maybe like it looks like he's wearing a wig the whole time because I, or or at least they like, because his his hair should be way grayer at this point at the very least. But like, 
like his hair looked off to me um and like i get that that's kind of like if you're talking about who to cast as a character it's not terrible casting maybe it's just that like there there's just something off about his character and his character motivations i you know i feel like later on in the film but we don't really get a motivation wanting him to be like a super famous scientist and it's just like oh it would have been nice if you layered that in early on that here's here's someone who has a very um machiavellian attitude towards science and doesn't care who he steps on like like and that would inform the character and that be kind of interesting i think a similar situation kind of happens with the shredders alliance with krang is shredder seems to assume that he'll rule the world by helping krang but i feel like he needed a more significant guarantee and there's really no reason or obligation for shredder not to screw over krang and i mean like in theory shredder's a somewhat honorable character in terms of like honoring his alliances like i don't think screwing people over has ever really actually been that much of a character but it's just like shredder's kind of an afterthought and he's just kind of this boring character the entire way who gets a totally totally like like the way that he's like killed off at the end of the film is so like anticlimactic well not even killed off he's yeah frozen and put into Krang's Yeah, no, which, I mean, like, had... So he could come back in a sequel? Yeah, in theory, like, yeah, that's the thing, is, like, I'm curious what the ideas were with the sequel, because I felt like it was going to be a Turtles in different dimensions, but really, I feel like, similar to the, um, you know, 90s version, they'd want to do a Turtles in Time thing, which, again, you can do that, but I thought they'd have, like, who are those, like, Triceratops people would probably be in the third one. So. Oh, yeah, I fucking forgot about them. But, yeah, that would have yeah. made sense. Or, yeah. or, like, you know, the Turtles re-engineering Krang's technology to take the fight to him, but not really having the control that Krang has. So it takes them to, like, different dimensions before they end up getting to Krang. And kind of like, um, did, did any of you ever finish watching um, Samurai Jack? No. 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 Uh, so in Samurai Jack, like the entirety of the series comes to a culmination in the finale of like essentially not not Jack calling on everybody that he's aided through the years, but everybody just realizing that Jack needs help and coming to his aid. I think that, that sort of storyline would have worked well for a third like Michael Bay, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think that they had the elements, uh, it's just how they wanted to assemble them for a third movie, because basically you have a defeated Krang who's with Shredder, who's theoretically, who, who, what does Krang do? Does Shredder get free? Does Shredder want to get back to Earth? I mean, that's the standard situation with Shredder of being trapped in Dimension X. You still have Baxter Stockman out there who probably still wants to harness Krang's power. So there are various ways that you can connect the disparate parts again to create a sequel. But like they're all pretty spread out at the end of the film with nothing necessarily obvious to do that. So. Indeed. Um. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what... Other oh, I did... Honestly, now, Dan, you said earlier how much you didn't like the um, Shredder design. As <laughs> opposed to the first movie, I actually enjoyed the Shredder design a lot more in this one. It was a lot less busy 
a lot less noisy. The helmet looks uh, cool, but he's just wearing all black the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's instead of just being like big CGI Robomech character, like mm-hmm. he has a little more body. So I I I enjoyed that personally. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the big thing to talk about is just Bebop and Roxetti, which, you know, honestly, it's just like they kind of felt like the TV show characters. Like I was kind of fine with them. Like their CGI yeah. is not great. Um, their antics are really childish and stupid and really even not that funny most of the time but like i was that's kind of what i want from i was still pretty jazzed to have the characters like you know no i I was jazzed for a lot of this movie like i I like bebop and rocksteady i like krang i i like having the technodrome like i think they're really cool elements but Personally, I would have had like Bebop and Rocksteady and then introduce Krang potentially at an end and then have your third movie be uh, largely like, oh shit, there's this greater thing that we have to defeat. It's Krang from Dimension X. I don't know. I mean, I like that they tried to cram everything in. The problem is that it comes at the expense of the Turtles, but really it comes at the expense of giving in April O'Neil unnecessary screen time. And it's just like, I'm kind of okay with that. Yep. Yeah. And honestly, again, well, now bringing it up on the correct movie, uh, the best part of this movie for me was the end credits where they had the uh, the the animated show theme song. Yeah. No. Well, I lo- the they evil had the shredder attacks. These turtle boys won't cut them no slack. I mean, I think they had a couple other references too. I feel like either the there's a cell phone ring, and I believe the car horn mm. are both also the theme song. Yes. So. Yeah. Also, I, I did dig them. Like, this one felt like it was more for selling toys while still being not an atrocious fucking movie. But, like, I, I love that we had, you know, the, the Turtles dump truck at in at least a scene. And I think it's the only scene that we see nunchucks used in. But no yeah, I mean, person still... or humanoid character is carrying those nunchucks. But similarly to uh, Secret of the Ooze, like... You don't see Leo using his swords. You don't see Raphael's yeah, you do. size. You don't see Raphael. Yeah, Raphael. You, you see Leo using his swords. Leo definitely. cuts okay. off Shre- <laughs> cuts off Krang's robot body's hand. Oh, yeah, side. you're right. Um, and um, Raphael uses his side to save himself on the plane. I'm trying to think of other instances where he uses it, but like he definitely uses his side. Um, but yeah, Michelangelo doesn't use his nunchucks largely because nunchucks are problematic to use in film because it limits your international markets yep and we talked about this in the last tmnt yeah we did (laughs) Um, and and like i think both of these movies kind of course correct a little too hard i was disappointed in the beginning because you see uh uh, when they're doing like the pizza keep away on their way to the knicks game you see donatello use a grappling hook instead of michelangelo and it would have (laughs) made more sense to me for michelangelo to use that grappling hook but hey that's uh, just me man. i don't know i don't know i don't really that didn't bother me i liked that they you know i i thought it was kind of stupid but at the same time i got it of giving all the turtles titles during that pizza keep away sequence <laughs> of like pizza establishing <laughs> leonardo is the leader or donatello is the brains raph is the muscle, is the muscle. And Michelangelo, he is the comic relief, but yeah, to call him the pizza lover makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, that was my, like, 
the scene not long after that is my favorite scene with Will Arnett in the whole movie because they're fucking with him and it's like <laughs> yes that's actually that's what I want to see from that's that what kid. Will is here for. Yeah. Yeah, just fuck with him the whole, like I mean it's like no I don't need to see him like doing shit. Like don't show him being useful, show them fucking with him. That made me happy. Yeah. All right, so uh we mentioned it earlier, Dan. I'm curious why you hate Stephen Amell so much as Casey Jones. Ugh. I don't I don't think it's terrible casting i don't know who else i would have cast it but i just feel like it's like like casey jones in this comes off as like this dorky hockey nerd and it's just like to me he's just kind of a much more i don't know down on his luck like edgy character to like it just seems he's he's so clean cut in this yeah just like that's not casey jones like Casey Jones is someone who's got who spent his entire life getting the shit beat out of him and has tried to fight back and that's why he's into all these like athletic activities. Like one of the things is as you know, and it's one of the things that I always think is kind of interesting is like to me, Casey Jones should be kind of like on the smaller side but like in really good shape but like he's obviously overcompensating for something and i don't get anything out like that in Stephen mills performance whereas i kind of got that in uh whoever was the performance in the original uh the 90s teenage mutant ninja turtles that felt way more um casey jones to me than yeah. yeah, Casey Jones. I, I, I would definitely agree. I agree. But, but you know, I mean, it's a similar thing of like, you know, April O'Neil is miscast. Like, she's still, like, Megan Absolutely. Fox isn't great casting as April right. O'Neil and never has been. So, just fucking Michael Bay loves, hates Megan Fox. Yup. Yup. They've got a very toxic <laughs> relationship. Yeah, they do. It's not consistent at all, but. Um,. All right, so we're fast approaching an hour. Do we want yeah, I mean, to just say fuck it and wrap it? I think I think we might as well get to the verdicts, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, for this sequelizer, uh, it it's kind of blending in with Needless Remake. I guess um, who did it better as a sequel? I mean, it, are we? Yeah. I mean, I think that like I I I think that Out of the Shadows is an improvement. Whereas as Seeker of the Ooze is a step down, like, you know, well said, I don't know, Shadows I did their sequel better. And yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Liam, are, are you same page as us? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Uh, so now we get to our individual film verdicts. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, uh, see it or screw it guys who you want to start very slight see it all right very yeah. slight see it like i would say yeah i again i think i'm going to say like i qualified something before see it once like just yeah. because but like you know where i would i would rewatch the original you know again i don't have any desire to rewatch this again yeah, yeah, I'm with you, Emily. Only my verdict has that puts that in screw it territory. I mean, like, Secret of the Ooze is a screw it to me. It's just like, if you want to see these suits or anything, just watch the original. The original's a halfway decent movie. This is just sort of like, look up screen grabs of what Toka and Raza look, Razar look like, and that's it. 
Like, don't don't even bother to see the movie. Just take one look at that and say, yep, don't need to see this. <laughs> like, you could <can laughs> maybe look at this Trooper Schreier design too, but seriously, all you need is stills of that to look at, and that's pretty much the only part of this that's even worth looking at. And it's not even, like, great things. It's just, like, the movie itself is kind of painful to watch, so don't. Just screw it. Liam? Oh, Liam did it already. Yeah. Oh. Didn't he? Yeah. Did I? Yeah, you said uh, yeah. see it, slight sc- see it. Yeah, slight see it. Yeah, like, and it. I agreed with him. Yeah. So, TJ, you're the only one who's left. Um, yeah. Like, sorry. I, I I have to still go, like, slight see it. If you, if yeah, you're pushing. Buddy. If yeah, it doesn't feel good, does it? <laughs> no, it sure doesn't. If you're pushing 40. And That's why you first, just say screw it. <laughs> if you're pushing 40 and you've never seen it, then screw it. If you're pushing 40 and you have like an 8 to 12 year old and you've never seen it, then yeah, watch it once with your kid. But yeah, if no, you've don't, never don't seen risk it, the kid liking it, don't do that. Well, because then you know you have. Then like you'll a, have to watch it multiple times. You don't want that to happen. Yeah, fuck that, man. You know you have an immediate 90, 90 minute babysitter with just throwing on the movie for the kid. There are better it's options. Like, I'm going to go take there a bath. Oh, there are there are way, way better, better baby babysitters. <laughs> way better options, but yeah, I am, I am, uh, I'm, I'm like just over the line on scene. <laughs> I, I recommend if you're going to do it to yourself, it's like maybe watch them back to back so you get the good one, but drink like the whole time. So yeah. that by the time you get to the second one, you're like at least kind of tipsy, and then just continue drinking. It will make it. I'm it will make it a much out. more enjoyable experience. There's got to be a pretty solid drinking game with these films. I'm just not sure what it is. I feel like every time they say ninja or something like that, or every time there's pizza. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Pizza, I think, just adds you just adds you in the hospital with alcohol poisoning. But oh uh, no, you, yeah. you you pull a hook with it where you have two different yeah. teams, and <laughs> one is ninja, one is pizza. So yeah. then the ninja team gets fucking tanked right at the end because go ninja, go ninja, go. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, actually, a pizza versus ninja. Uh, Ninja Turtles drinking game might actually be pretty interesting. <laughs> We're never going to try it, but you heard it here first. Let us know what you think of it. Email us at seeitorscrewit at gmail.com. <laughs> okay. Feel free to det- attach an embarrassing video. Yeah, and, uh, and apparently Liam is dying over there because I just heard yeah, him choking. <laughs> Alright, so before Liam dies, uh, verdicts on... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows. Uh, Dan, oh. go. Oh, uh, this is actually a see it for me. Um, like I actually had a pretty decent. I want to know what's it, going right? on ahead of yours, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, basically this is everything that I kind of want out of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. I, I'd like to see maybe a little bit of a greater emotional stakes for the turtles but i i thought there was some pretty decent stuff going on most of it worked for me I yeah, see decent it. set pieces decent yeah comedy. no i mean that's the thing is like the the set piece of them going down the river in brazil is the low light of the film it doesn't make any sense it like the geography is all wonky mm-hmm. i hated that sequence but otherwise it was fine uh, Liam, I, I'm guessing I know what your verdict is. But why don't no, you give us your no, verdict? it's see it. Believe it or not, oh, I wow. just want to know what's going on in Dan's head. <laughs> yeah, 
Hey, it felt hey, like if, a if, if a turtle's film it. has 35% or greater on Rotten Tomatoes, I guess I like it. If it has less than that, I hate it. So. Yeah, I actually, I actually, yeah. I, I, Dan is exactly right in that as sort of like, you know what you're getting. It's a known quantity. Like, I, you know, no, I wasn't like clapping like a seal at it, but. Yeah, that's a fair point. Like, I, I would, I mean, I think I'll come down on the side of a very, very slight see it, but I would qualify that again by saying, if you're going to insist on watching one of the Michael Bay ones, skip the first one and just fucking watch this. Yeah, just launch right. straight Absolutely. into this. Like, do not, do not bother with the first one. The first one's awful. I, mean, yeah. I think that the original 1990 works well as a standalone, but I also mm-hmm. think that the 2016 Out of the Shadows also kind of works well as a standalone. Like yeah. you don't you don't really need the background of the turtles. You don't really need the background of April. You well, also really because of how much the they fucked over the Will background. Arnett. Yeah. Yes. yes. Like like the April name them shit. Like I they make one reference to it, but it's just like that was fucking awful. I hated it, and I'd like to pretend it didn't exist, which is something that the Out of the Shadows mostly does. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so TJ, where do you land? Oh, I land on the side of see it for this one. Of course, uh, I, he says like, see it to everything. <laughs> I don't say see it to everything. Uh, I said screw it to uh, the 2014 Michael Bay one. Wow! Yeah, wow. He wow. has a line, folks. Yeah, we found the line. Yeah, like, yeah, like it, it's a very, it's a very. Rubber is not the line, apparently. <laughs> that is. <laughs> it's a very low bar, but it does exist. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for like other reasons I've already said, I, I think that the comedy largely works. I like Bebop and Rocksteady. Um, like, cause honestly, that's sort of what I want to see in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sequel. Like, it, it's like, I don't want like Dr. Doom thrown into a first Fantastic Four movie because we don't fucking need them. There, there, there are so many other stories that you could talk about instead of like making your, fucking fantastic four origin story be a dr doom story it, it doesn't work for me uh, yeah well i mean there's a reason why he doesn't show up in comics until fantastic four issue four so <laughs> i didn't realize that he showed up in issue four that's kind of hilarious yeah. uh but yeah i i'm not gonna like go out and rewatch this immediately but no. or probably ever again Ever. Um, yeah, probably ever again. But but it's definitely, I think it's worth watching at least once. Especially if you're a Ninja Turtle fan that yeah. grew up with them, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, and if you saw the first one and you hated it and you were like, you fucked over my childhood, fuck you, Michael Bay, this might make you feel ever so slightly better. Yeah. Because it did for me. Oh, it's yeah. way better than the first one, I think. I was expe- actually expecting before rewatching this, because of course I had seen it once before, to come down on the side of Screw It for this movie. And it's like, no, this is actually like kind of enjoyable. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I mean, you know, that's the other thing is I just think back to the um, TV series of like, I think I saw something talking about how it's just like, yeah, you didn't watch the TV show for the turtles you watched it for shredder krang bebop and rocksteady and it's just like yep. all four of them in one movie i'm psyched yep. so it's just like i'd love to see it. like that's the thing is i feel like you know I, I 
I think there's some interesting things you could do with like a TV show built around like a group of villains that's constantly getting defeated. I mean, I guess that's kind of pinky in the brain already, but like that's just something that's been interesting to me because to me, I think that was to an extent the appeal of Ninja Turtles. Like it was to just watch Shredder and Krang out incompetent each other like <laughs> each week. <laughs> fair. Definitely fair. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Um, people, pit, pitch your things before we do the final wrap up. Uh, Dan, you start. Oh, yeah. No, uh, so, yeah, uh, you can check out some online comics I do at, uh, with BDS.com. Hopefully, they'll start updating again pretty soon. Uh, Liam. Uh, listen to 10,000 Losses, uh, which is my Philly Sports podcast. Listen to uh, Well, There's Your Problem, which is a leftist engineering disasters podcast with slides. And listen to Lions Led by Donkeys, which is my military history podcast. Emily. Uh, TJ and I have another podcast called New England Beer Reviews, where, oddly enough, we drink New England beer and review it. Uh, and also just talk about all kinds of bullshit. Um, so, yeah, come uh, come check that out. Wherever the hell you found this, probably. Alrighty, guys. Well, we've been seed or screw it. I've been TJ Davis alongside Dan Murphy, Liam Anderson. Ha ha, you're not last. And Emily Schick. Well, uh, no, Emily's last. <laughs> You'll be hearing about that. <laughs> uh, you can check us out wherever you find your podcasts. You can see our social medias wherever you find social medias. Uh, by the time this releases, there's probably going to be a Patreon as well. That should be fairly obvious. Um, and yeah, I don't think I have anything else. Uh, fucking, I don't know. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 All right, I gotta hop off and eat. <laughs>